Welcome to Brand Chats. I'm Darby, a brand strategist, pasta lover, and small business cheerleader, passionate about turning great businesses into irresistible brands. In each episode, we chat about a different element of brand building to help you grow a brand that is led by strategy, oozes personality, and one that shows up with impact. Tune in as I deep dive into the world of branding alongside some very special guests who are here to share their experiences in building standout brands. Let's get into today's chat. Before we dive into this episode, I want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land in which I record today, the Wurundjeri people. I pay respect to their elders, past and present. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. So in this Behind the Brand chat, I am joined by co-host Jill Obsalem to unpack a brand that has done a complete transformation from being ugly to iconic, and that is Crocs. So in 2002, Crocs was born, introducing an innovative shoe made to be worn on land and water. They aren't beautiful shoes at all. Even the co-founders considered them ugly from the outset. Back in the day, Crocs were seen as a daggy brand with ugly shoes. In 2003, their annual revenue was $1.17 million, but they have seen a massive spike over the last few years with annual revenue now sitting at $3.55 billion. Crocs are now seen on fashion runways and are worn by celebrities like Justin Bieber. How have they transformed their brand? We are going to dive into it all today. So thank you for joining me to chat about this interesting brand, Jill. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast, Darby. I'm, I really enjoyed deep diving into this brand and I can't wait to talk to you about all things Crocs today. <laughs> yes, they have. It's a complete revolution. So I'm so excited to talk about it. Do you want to tell me about your relationship with Crocs when you first saw them in the market and how you feel about them now? <laughs> well, honestly, it's harsh, but I wouldn't have been seen dead in them when they first came out. <laughs> Yeah, I was really, you know, fashion obsessed, style obsessed. And to me, like my quote in that time frame in the 2000s was fashion is pain. So yeah. the idea of comfort, like like having a shoe for comfort was just not, not on my radar. It was just yes. not like there were the people who were diehard fans. I just didn't understand them. Like you are not my people. <laughs> However, <laughs> in saying that, I have tried them. I don't own a pair, but I've tried them and they are really comfortable and mm-hmm. I can see the hype. I can understand the hype. And when you were talking about their journey and doing a deep dive before our chat today, I am so impressed by their brand. So I'm not, look, I'm not going to go out tomorrow and buy a pair, but, <laughs> but, but I'm really impressed with what they've done. It's incredible. Yeah, totally. And I was thinking about this brand because I was like, they really have done a flip. And before diving into it, I was like, I really want to understand what they've done with their branding because it is the same shoes that they're, I mean, they've done some tweaks, which we're going to talk about, but the same ugly shoe that people are still wearing. It's not like they've transformed to be a new stunning range. Exactly. What about you? Are you a Crocs fan? No, I'm not. And yeah, when they first became a thing, same as you, I was like, oh, my God, what is this filthy shoe? I, I would never wear this. And I, you know, I was like, oh, that must be for retired couples in the garden. You know, I was like, I don't know anyone who would want to wear them. <laughs> but, you know, obviously over the last couple of years on social media, you see people wearing them and it's kind of that mindset now where I'm like, oh, 
they're becoming cool. All these celebrities that I follow are wearing them. Maybe one day I'll wear them. It's like when, you know, it was always skinny jeans and then flare jeans came out and like, I'm never going to wear them. And then you end up wearing them. So I don't know, maybe one day, but at this point I'm still a bit hesitant. <laughs> same, same. Yeah. I feel like the day that it happens is going to be a big day. Yeah. Let me know when it is. <laughs> so let's start by talking about the target audience for Crocs. I mean, we're both in branding and marketing. We love starting with the target audience. Yes. So I've got a quote from Crocs CEO, Andrew Reese, and he says, price-wise, is our sweet spot. Though we have shoes for less and more, we serve everyone in the family. Men buy them, women buy them, and kids buy them. Everyone can afford them, yet even wealthy people buy them. We have a very broad customer base. So it's a big call for a brand to be trying to target everyone. I know in the small business world, a lot of people are told to niche down and specialize. For bigger brands, it's a little bit different, but they're trying to target everyone, which is interesting because their style is very specific. Mm. So what are your thoughts on this approach to their target audience? I think you can imagine my reaction, Darby, when I hear <laughs> someone say that their their target audience is everyone mm. because, I mean, yes, definitely you hear a lot with the small businesses about niching down. And I do know that as a larger brand, you have more opportunities and you know bigger budgets etc to be able to create for more but Mm -hmm. even in saying that usually you're defining like okay it's the people who want this and it's not specifically everyone but in saying that when you look at the way that crocs have purposely created almost something for everyone like when you look at the range of the styles that they've created the partnerships that they've created they've gone to a lot of effort to design different crocs for different audiences. So Mm. currently, just going off their website, they have over 120 different styles. So Mm. rather than just slapping the old, everyone will love this on it, they have really gone to more of an effort to, you know, understand what people want and create different styles for that. They have also sold more than 100 million pairs of Crocs thus far. So I believe that speaks to just how many people love them because I doubt one person's got a million in their wardrobe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they have expanded rapidly. And I think, you know, back in the day, they probably were targeting people who just wanted the comfort. But Mm. now because they've expanded into style as well with getting celebrities on board. So they're targeting people who want the comfort but also want the style. So I guess they're trying to broaden it that way and that's how it that's mm. how they're making it work. Definitely. I mean yeah. there are tons that you would say, oh that's definitely for a mum or like a dad would love that or mm. a kid would love that or the family's gonna love having matching crocs or there's mm. just so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In saying that, neither of us are convinced just yet. No. <laughs> This is a respect from the sidelines. Yes, exactly, exactly. So although they're targeting everybody, Crocs have become popular mostly amongst Gen Z. So those born between the mid-90s and the mid-2010s, for example. And I guess this trend of Gen Zs and Crocs have come about because this generation with their fashion sense really love the comfort fashion. And I don't know if this is because of COVID as well, um, or, or what it is, or if it's just a trend at the moment. Also, the idea of 
valuing individuality and self-expression and using fashion for that reason as well. But I wonder how Crocs has played into this trend and whether it's potentially influenced the trend of Gen Z's wanting to have that relaxed fashion and not really caring as much about what they look Mm. or if they have, if Crocs have benefited from this rise of the comfort fashion era and they're on this journey and then who knows one day it might, you know, the tables will turn and we'll go back to an era where you you have to wear your high heels and work through the pain. Well, in saying that, though, Crocs do have high heels. I've seen them. True. <laughs> I have seen them too. They're ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it is really interesting, though, isn't it? And my gut feel is it's a bit of both. I feel yeah. like Crocs have always been, well, they have always been about comfort from the get-go, so it's always been there. But I don't think that they've always been actively trying to target the Gen Zs. I believe they saw a direct correlation between what they have, the comfort, functionality, and then the personalization through those little gibbets charms that mm. the Gen Cs would align with this. And then I feel like they further jumped on it and were like, right, let's target this audience with strategic collaborations. Yes. What totally. do you think? Yeah, I definitely, I, I agree with you. It is a bit of both. And I think, yeah, they're lucky in the sense that it's kind of the fashion has aligned with what they're all about, but they have leveraged it to their advantage. Yes. And now becoming a bit unstoppable. Yeah. Because yeah. without that leverage, like if they're just going, oh, we'll just be what we are, that comfort and without doing the collaborations, I feel like it wouldn't have had the power that it has on Gen Z's. Yeah, totally. So let's talk about the collaborations because they're so interesting. Mm. So Crocs have collaborated with celebrities like Justin Bieber, Post Malone, and that has definitely contributed to the Crocs boom. These limited edition styles have been made specifically with these big name celebrities and have created a huge buzz online and a sense of scarcity as well. So if there's a limited range with Justin Bieber, people will pay so much to make sure that they Mm. actually snap up a pair. So the Chinatown market croc with Post Malone, for example, is now reselling for around $400, which is wild considering the type of shoe that we're looking at. (laughs) So This strategy has been, as we discussed with Gen Z, it it has skyrocketed their interest in it Mm -hmm. and tapping into that sense of individuality with the different ranges and Mm -hmm. embracing self-expression as well. So what are your thoughts on the collaborations that we looked at, Jill? Honestly, I was shocked. I feel like this is a bit of a trend because I was shocked by so much I learned while (laughs) I was researching them. But I was shocked to see the amount of Crocs collaborations that they have done. Some that stood out were Taco Bell, 7-Eleven, G-Flip, Cars the Movie, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Like what a variety. (laughs) They wouldn't like string those together in a sentence, let alone the other ones that they've done outside of that. And it's also what stood out for me was all the sold outs written over all of the collaborations. I mean, there was a lot of social proof there showing, like we Mm. have created these collaborations and they are sold out. It's not just creating collaborations for the sake of it and having mixed results. So I think that's incredible. I do believe this would be a big driver behind making these shoes cool. Mm. And also what I love is that, again, when when I talked about 
them trying to be for everyone. They really put an effort into being for everyone. And same as with these collaborations, it doesn't mm. look like they just slapped a logo of like a oh, Crocs cross insert mm. brand here and being it's a collaboration. Uh, for example, the Post Malone ones that you spoke about, there looks to be Velcro on them and a gibbet's chain and they look unique in comparison to the other range that they offer. So mm. it is a really on-brand collaboration, which I love. Mm. What do you think, Darby? Which one's caught your eyes in terms of standing out on brand collaborations? Yeah, I mean, I loved a lot of them. And like what you were saying, I loved that, you know, people probably bought the Justin Bieber ones, for example, and they felt like they were buying a, a shoe that he's designed, like all the little things that he loves are on the shoe and that kind of adds to the uniqueness of it as well. But I loved reading about the Christopher Kane design, which is kind of one of the ones that were on the London Mm -hmm. runways Mm -hmm. and so wild that they've been able to make it to the runways. Again, speaking to the fact that, you know, it's not just a $50 shoe, it can be a wildly expensive shoe. But what Christopher Kane did with his range is create, you know, these beautiful marble stones and pop them in the little holes of the Crocs for the models to wear down the runway and it's kind of leaning into this theme of World War II that he was creating with his fashion and make do and mend was the kind of theme of that one. So the fashion that he was going for was all about, yeah, that simple elegance and kind of earthiness Mm -hmm. which Crocs complements well and now the shoes are selling for crazy amounts online. So that was the first one. I just think it's interesting looking at how they made it into the high fashion world. And the other one that I loved was Pride Week. So they did a collaboration with Hey Honey and created this amazing campaign with the mantra as come as you are. So it's, you know, you don't need to wear these amazing, you know, uncomfortable shoes, create your own unique style with the Crocs, colourful Pride Week, it was just amazing, all the campaign videos that came out for that. So, yeah, literally anything from Pride Week to High End to KFC, they literally can do anything. (laughs) It's so smart. Like, yeah, the way that they have tackled this is, yeah, should be down in some books as examples. (laughs) Yeah, and that's why we're talking about it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So another way that they have really created this buzz around Crocs is through the power of personalization. And as we've talked about, people can really personalize their shoes in whatever way they want with the jizz bits. So I think, you know, in marketing these days, it is so important to personalize, but it's really hard for a lot of brands to do. It's it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easier in the service industry for people like you and I to personalize a service where we're delivering it to someone (laughs) and being able to talk to them and understand exactly what's going on. But it is hard Mm -hmm. in the fashion world to personalize it a bit more, which we know young people really care about. So Mm -hmm. they have just nailed it with the charms that you can stick on your Crocs to create individuality. They have hundreds of charms from hamburgers to basketballs to literally anything which I thought was a cute idea for kids, but obviously it's flying with the adults as well and Gen Z are loving Mm. it. So it's a great way for them to express individuality, which seems to be working. What do you think on all things personalization? 
I love this personalization strategy. <laughs> I mean, it's perfect. So what I absolutely love about this is the story behind Gibbets. So it started out as a homegrown business founded by Rich and Sherry Schmelzer. And it started in 2005 and then was acquired by Crocs in 2006 for $10 million in cash, plus had the potential to earn out to another $10 million that was based on gibbets hitting certain targets. Mm. Ron Snyder, who was the CEO at the time, he said that we're excited to join forces with them as we look further to expand the originality and uniqueness of the Crocs line of products. So if you look at all the charms that they have on offer, the diversity is fabulous. You've got Willy Wonka, Squid Games, McDonald's, Friends, Harry Potter, just to name mm. a few. And something I think is really cool is that apparently they're so quick to put on and, you know, you can put them on and off, meaning that you could have a whole collection with one pair of Crocs or multiple mm. pairs of Crocs and personalise every single day the outfit that you're wearing, which is so unique. And I believe this move to acquire gibbets was really smart and enabled Crocs to help their customers express their individuality by wearing their Crocs and gibbets. So it's mm. quite unique, isn't it, Darby? Totally. There's no, there's not many other similar examples, are there? Yes. I can't think of any that have gone to this extent. And what's amazing is it's not like Crocs were the first ones to actually create it. You know, it was created outside of them, but they saw that and saw the opportunity in it and were like, right, we need to get on that mm. rather than just leaving it separate to the business. Totally. And that's, you know, the power of partnerships and collaborations. I guess they're partnering with celebrities to get their brand out there, but partnering mm. with other brands that can help improve that customer experience and deliver that unique value that they wouldn't have been able to do on their own, I guess. Definitely. And that yeah. ability to personalize like they have also fits back into that target audience as well. Like they're not just creating the charms for the kids like they are creating charms for diehard fans of a lot of you know like Harry Potter for example there's a whole audience around that that would go wild for those charms yeah and it brings conversation to an event where you're going to be like oh what what charms have you got and what does this mean to you and all of this kind of thing exactly like I wonder if they're swapping charms in in <laughs> primary school I don't know yeah I'd love to know <laughs> yeah I feel like I'm outside of that <laughs> yeah yeah do you think of any other brands that they've personalized an item of or clothing or shoes so quickly and in so many different ways? No, I can't think of anyone that's done it as well as they have. I mean, personalization's becoming a little more popular. I guess, you know, I've got my Frank Green drink bottle with my name on it, but I guess like naming is probably the basic and that yeah. naming products, you know, bracelets when you're a kid with your name on it. They have been around forever. So I guess most brands that I experience and purchase from aren't taking it to that next level like Crocs are. Mm. It's more so, yeah, drink bottles or, you know, a little bit of personalization through email marketing and stuff like that, but nothing that mm. allows you to kind of pick and choose your product like they do yes. at Crocs. And what's that level too? Like, for example, I remember what I bought my iPad and got my little iPad pencil with it. And, you know, you could put your name on it, but there was only one font. Yeah, We're not messing around with fonts here <laughs> or colours or anything like that. It was like, we're doing personalisation, <laughs> but to this extent. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it, it really contrasts with the fashion industry with, you know, 
I know Cook Eyes received a bit of backlash lately with their limited sizing. A lot of people have limited colours. So the restrictions yeah. that come around fashion generally, mm-hmm. uh, it can cause a bit of tension with consumers who might want something that's all like tailored to them, mm. which I get is hard to do in the fashion world, have every single size and every single colour or if we're talking about shades of makeup or whatever it is, it's hard to mm. create something yeah. completely customised. But with the Crocs and shoes, they've created something that's completely customisable in terms of colours, charms, whatever you want, you can create exactly what you want. Exactly. And so organically too, like the holes were already in the shoes before yeah. these <laughs> these charms were created. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to go here and then now we need to backtrack and do a whole strategy around it. It was just so natural from the outside. Yeah, it definitely has been an evolution. <laughs> yeah, that's a good word for it. So let's talk about kind of the deep meaning behind the brand and the values and their purpose, because as you and I know, it's always good to look at the heart and soul of the brand as well as what they're doing to get it out there. So when I was having a look at this, I was looking at their mission and Crocs are on a mission to reduce their carbon footprint with the goal of net zero emissions by 2030. And they also own their way to becoming 100% vegan, which is really cool, eliminating all animal derived materials from all products to help fight climate crisis. So I think this is a great initiative, especially to inspire a younger audience who are really ahead of the game and believe Mm. in the brands that they're purchasing from. And especially with, you know, everyone being very conscious about the environment and purchasing from mindful brands as well. So Jill, what's your take on the messaging here with Crocs and their values and their purpose and everything they're delivering with that message? You know what is fabulous, Darby, is that they have taken this mission and their brand values of comfort and innovation to come up with a creative way to communicate their purpose. Mm. So I feel like it's one thing to have a fabulous purpose, but it's a whole other thing in how you actually communicate that. So on Crocs' website under Crocs' purpose, they've distilled this down to comfort for the planet, comfort for our communities, and comfort for the people. Mm. Like chef's kiss. Mm. Yeah. The I love this kind of consistency and flow across the values, mission, and purpose. And I think it's really important for the brand. They've always been about innovation with the way they continue to pioneer the material crops are made out of. And it makes sense that they're being innovative in the way that they reduce their carbon footprint to provide comfort for the planet. Mm. While I think the mission itself is important, it's definitely how they are communicating this that gets me really excited. And those three comforts are so clear easy to understand and is so on brand. Yeah. What do you think, Darby? Are you as excited as I am about their messaging? (laughs) Yes. I love that it ties back to the core word of comfort, which is where it all began because, again, it didn't start as a fashion trend. It was all about the comfort. Mm. So I love that they tie that through everything. And I also love that it's really obvious that, you know, their purpose and what they're trying to achieve outside of sales is Mm. really genuine. They haven't just created a brand and then they're like, oh, we should probably do something about the environment. It's it's definitely infused through their decision-making across the board with materials and listening to their audience as well. So that's what I love because Mm. there's nothing worse than brands who are faking it with trying to communicate the right message 
rather than using their platform for good in a genuine way. Because people can tell. Yes, they can. (laughs) Their customers, the clients are so much smarter than a lot of people give them credit for and they can sense it, feel it, know it. Totally. (laughs) When you slap some greenwashing on the brand. Yes. And that's like what you were saying in terms of it's the how. It's the how they communicate their message, which really cuts through and how they're taking action on it rather than Mm. just saying it and then moving on. So that's what I love about about what they're doing and which, and it is something that will contribute to their success in the long term as well because people really care about this stuff. Definitely. And the way that they've done it shows that they do as well. Like yes. even just from what they created their shoes out of to start off with and how they continue to innovate with the environment in mind, mm. if that wasn't their core purpose or wasn't what they were here to do or wasn't important to them, there would be such a gap between what they were saying and then what they were actually doing, which is, gosh, a brand marketer's worst nightmare. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. It's it's all about infusing it in a really purposeful and meaningful way that's completely aligned with the brand, which they are definitely doing with their messaging. So yeah, I'll pop the links in the show notes to those messages and and a lot of the things they're talking about today so people can actually see how they're implementing it. That'll be great. So let's talk about the future of Crux. So when we talk about the fashion industry, it's a little bit harder to predict the future as we don't know how long trends will last. But as we've spoken about today, they have created a really powerful brand. So it'll be interesting to see how it evolves. What do you think about the future of Crux? I definitely think it is hard to predict the future. And I feel though, from what we've seen in terms of the way that Crocs have pivoted, Mm. not entirely as in oh we came out for this and then we've moved over here but the way that they've strategically pivoted while still being on brand Mm. I believe they're going to be successful long into the future whether it's Gen Z as their target audience or the mums or the dads or the kids everyone (laughs) if they continue to uh, pivot like we have seen them do thus far I think they're going to continue on this path of future success Mm. in addition they are adding brands to their portfolio too such as hey dude the CEO, Andrew Rees, said with that acquisition of Hey Do, we're thrilled to add another high growth, highly profitable brand to our portfolio. And we believe that Hey Do's casual, comfortable and lightweight products are aligned to our long-term customer trends and are a perfect fit for Crocs. So it feels like, you know, as we've been talking about pretty much this whole episode, they know exactly who they're here for, they know why they're here for, and they're making those decisions that are aligned consistently with what they're doing as much as being comfortable shoes and prioritizing innovation. Mm. So I feel like Crocs are consistently innovative in the way that they create and how they manage their brands in terms of collaborations, messaging, as well as acquisitions. So I believe it's that innovative nature that is going to see them continue to do well. Mm. What are your thoughts about the future of Crocs and the comfy fashion era? <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. They've been really innovative and forward-thinking, listening to their customers, and that has helped with their success as well. I guess from a branding perspective, they're doing everything that they can do to ride this wave of the comfy fashion mm. as well and leaning into what people are loving at the moment, which is the comfy fashion, expressing individuality, personalization all of the things. So they're leaning into it and they're doing an amazing job of it. I think you're right with 
the fact that they are so innovative, you know, as things change, they will be creative and they will probably make it work with whatever's happening in the fashion world or whatever else is happening in the world in general, you know, fingers Mm -hmm. crossed there's no more pandemics or anything where we'll need to (laughs) resort to comfy shoes again. (laughs) But I guess the problem with the fashion industry is that it's always changing. And I just keep coming back to, you know, what if we do come back to a time where we're all in super high heels, um, Mm. you know, skinny jeans, if it goes back to that, you know, it doesn't matter if it hurts as long as you look good kind of mindset. Mm. And I hope we don't have to go back to that mindset and that time. And maybe, maybe it's long gone forever, but I just think Mm. if we end up in a time where fashion is all about that, will Crocs start to fade? I guess, Mm. Maybe it will still be popular with a minority of, you know, older people or kids, but the, you know, the younger target audience might not love it as much during a period where the um, uncomfortable fashion (laughs) is Mm. more popular. But I guess that's all hard to predict. I think you're right. Whatever happens, they will leverage it and target the right people who need, not need, want Crocs to support them during that time. So it will be mm. interesting to watch. <laughs> it's going to be interesting too to see the power of their brand and how that influences the fashion industry as well because mm. if you have all these diehard fans of Crocs, it might be bigger than comfort. Like, you know, the the fashion industry might go back to the pain and you might have yeah. people so attached to Crocs that it's even though the fashion industry is going over there, we don't want that trend. Yeah, we yep. we love this. <laughs> yeah, and as you said, they do have high heel Crocs. <laughs> yes, so they oh somehow make it work. <laughs> yeah. I'm cringing just thinking about them. I know. <laughs> yes. I know. So we've spoken about the future of Crocs. What learnings do you think small business owners can learn from this? Because obviously, we're talking about a company that's making billions of dollars in revenue, and they have you know, a lot of cash to collaborate with Justin Bieber and do all the things. So what do you Mm. think based on our conversation today that smaller business owners can take away from this chat and learn from the Crocs revolution? I feel like small business owners could really look at the way that Crocs have prioritized innovation to stand out from the crowd. Mm. I'm a lover of the Purple Cow book by Seth Godin. I don't know if you've read that. Yes. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) And, you know, he states in that, I mean, There's lots of great quotes, but particularly the one I love is in a crowded marketplace, fitting in is failing. Mm. And from the very beginning, Crocs created an innovative and unique shoe. And since then, they've been finding ways to further innovate and personalize, which really makes that brand stand out from the shoe crowd. Mm. So there's a lot of effort and time put into not just resting on your morals of, okay, we created something good. Now we'll just continue to find different ways to market it Mm. they've gone no we're going to continually continually innovate I mean 120 Mm. styles from that original you know 13 hold croc shoe has now gone wild Mm. so (laughs) that innovation I think is regardless of whether what kind of circumstances is going on in the economy I feel Mm. like innovation will always help your business and brand stand out from the crowd. Mm. And I feel a great takeaway too from this chat is persistence can pay off. Totally. So <laughs> even amongst all the croc knockoffs that are out there, I mean, I don't know about you, but I regularly see in a lot of the business forums and chats that I'm involved in, 
businesses getting, you know, someone else take off what they've created. And it's an awful feeling. I'm definitely not saying that, you know, it's something you can just turn your head at and Mm. not focus on. But the way that Crocs have pushed past that, as well as the people having really strong opinions about them Mm. and calling them ugly. And instead of just, you know, ignoring it, they embraced it and started doing campaigns around it, which is (laughs) incredible. They've stayed strong to their purpose and vision. And as a small business owner, it can be hard, you know, if another brand rips off your designs or you have people calling your products ugly, but Crocs didn't let that stop them Mm. and look at them now. Mm. Like I feel like this truly relates to being magnetic and I think a lot of business owners want to be magnetic, but the whole thing around that is you are going to strongly attract, but you will also strongly repel. Yeah. You yeah. can't have the really strong attraction without any level of repel. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like it is a part of life. It's part of business when you're being true to yourself and true to your brand. Mm. What do you think, Darby? Yeah. What are your key takeaways from our chat today that you think would be useful for small business owners to hear or think about? Yeah, I mean, I'm echoing everything that you're saying here. I think owning your message is such an important one. And for them, Mm. it's the comfort first. And then they were able to adapt and innovate from there. But Mm. yeah, not being strayed by what other people are doing in competition. You know, they could have done so many creative things that would have strayed away from their style of shoe. You know, they still remain that Mm. shoe with the holes in them that are are ugly like none of them beautiful let's face it (laughs) yeah yeah I think we both agree on that one yeah Yeah. so just staying true to their message and that's what makes them different really owning that and being able to communicate it and staying true to that not be swayed by what else is going on so that is one another one is really listening to your customers like they are listening to what younger generations want the personalization Mm. for example I just meet too many business owners who make assumptions about their audience and what they want and and what's yeah. going on in their head. But I mm. think it's really important to listen to your customers, look at what they're wanting right now with what else is going on in the world and how you can really support them in that. You know, when mm. we're talking about the Pride Week campaign, you know, people really care strongly about these issues. So how can you support your mm. audience in being able to express themselves and really care about that cause as well. So listening to your audience is a really big one that came up for me and that flows through to the personalization piece, which is so important in the modern world where, you know, we're all getting bombarded with messages all day, every day from different brands. I mean, at the time of this recording, we're leading up to Black Friday and I'm just getting so many emails every day and it's it's too much. (laughs) So really thinking about how you can be creative with your personalization. I guess Crocs have taken it to a whole new level that we haven't seen with any other brand before. And whether it's through your product or if it's a service-based business, how can you really listen to your customer and personalize the experience for them as well to make sure they feel listened to, heard, understood, and really taking them on the journey with you. So I feel like there is so much that people could learn from, but I hope this has inspired everyone to, well, first of all, have a look at Crocs and have a look at what they're doing in the space Mm. because they are 
making waves and doing some really interesting things that you and I both didn't know too much about before we dived into this chat. (laughs) And I wanted to add too, just on your point, Darby, about that comfort piece. Mm. I think what is actually really beautiful is the fact that they stayed true to their vision Mm. and what they wanted to create while listening to their audience and that is the magic yes when you can do both of those things being like this is who we are and what we're here to create Mm. and we want to make things that you love and being clear about what that is rather than being kind of like tossed around and muddled about listening to too many other voices that end up steering the original mission Mm. completely off track yeah that's a great point because I guess yeah, they could have completely shifted away from their first croc design and cr- created a yes. whole different shoe with a whole different purpose, you know, yes. looking good. And who knows where <laughs> they would be now. Yeah. Or whether we'd be talking about them today. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. it's such an important thing that, again, something that business owners sometimes, you know, we're also busy listening mm-hmm. and, and on social media that we lose focus with our purpose yes. and our vision. But that's really what our audience cares about and that's why they want to work Mm. with us as well because of what we're working towards and making that greater impact so yes Mm. that's a very good point they've they've nailed their vision and how they communicate that and bringing people along for the ride (laughs) yes that too and I feel like as a small business owner if you're listening to this it's something to really consider about like Mm. what your vision is and reconnecting with that Mm. and then being really clear on how you can create what your audience really wants yeah using that yeah and getting creative with it having fun with it yes Yes. having fun (laughs) yes definitely I mean imagine how much fun the the marketing team have at Crocs (laughs) oh imagine (laughs) just from what I've seen via this deep dive I'm like yes you guys are having a ball yeah yeah maybe we'll be buying a pair in a couple of weeks who knows Black Friday sales (laughs) yeah (laughs) Funnily enough, I haven't subscribed to their email, so they're not in my inbox. <laughs> but you never know. You never know. <laughs> well, thank you, Jill, for joining me for this chat. I loved unpacking the Crocs Revolution. They have done some amazing things to transform from being an ugly shoe that no one wants to buy to now being something that some of the world's most famous celebrities are flaunting. So thank you for being a part of this chat. Thank you so very much, Darby, for inviting me onto your podcast and for suggesting this brand for us to talk about because it's been so interesting diving into this brand and also being able to unpack it to help small business owners really empower themselves to create, you know, a bigger brand, a more purposeful, more aligned brand that, yeah, does really well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I will pop links so that you can all connect with Jill on socials in the show notes. And I'll also put links to some of the things we've been talking about today, including collaborations. So you can all have a look for yourself, the magic that Crocs are creating. Thanks, Darby. Thank you for joining me today for this episode of Brand Chats. I'd love you to come over and say hey on Instagram at Darby Linden and leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed the chat today. If you're interested in working with me in 2024, there are three key ways that we can team up. So if you are facing hurdles with your branding and marketing, book in for a one-hour brand therapy session with me where we sit down to identify your roadblocks and strategize new ways to create growth this year. 
If you are seriously ready to take your brand to the next level and say goodbye to those not-so-dreamy referrals, my signature brand strategy projects are just for you. Over seven weeks, we'll create a strategy giving you complete clarity in what your brand stands for and confidence in how to share your unique message with those who need to hear it. If you are clear on your strategy but don't have time to manage the nitty-gritty of marketing your brand, getting support from me as your brand manager means less stress about getting your brand noticed and more time focusing on doing what you love. Head to my website to learn more. Otherwise, thanks again and I will chat to you in the next episode.